Okay, Coach, we're at episode three. Ooh. <laughs> Pretty excited about that. Absolutely. Healing community, healing business, um, mm-hmm. where truth confronts BS, meets BS, says hello to BS, whatever you want to say. <laughs> and uh, I like the I like the energy like we were discussing that we've had. And uh, I'm, of course, a business consultant, do a lot of mentoring with Genius Communication. You coach, wear many hats. I think that's probably a trait that we share. Mm-hmm. Again, introduce yourself a little bit, what you do. Well, Greg McNeil is my name. I am the owner of Coach's Corner and Empowerment Center of New Mexico, Western Alliance for Integrated Health, um, licensed clinical counselor, author, uh, professional strength and conditioning coach, strong first instructor, all around happy man, fisherman, budding hunter, and uh, laugh out loud guy. <laughs> you know, my husband, he tells me, because I, you know, again, many hats, he says, you should become president just so you could have a vacation. <laughs> That's true. It sounds like you might be similar. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, you got big plans for this community, and uh, we won't get into them until you're ready, but I'm excited about what's going to happen. And, mm-hmm. you know, this podcast is for any community. Mm-hmm. It's for any business owner, even mm-hmm. professionals, yes. you know, will fit uh, in listening to this because we want to uplift community, and we want to uplift individuals and businesses, and that requires dealing with some things yeah. and confronting some things. And talking about, you know, things that will lead to people's happiness, uh, that will lead to people's fulfillment for their purposes. Because when everybody's walking in their lane and linked together, uh, not having to, like one of the things I I know we're going to talk about in a later podcast is the lifeboat ethics of Mm -hmm. a business. But where we recognize there's plenty of people for everybody to prosper in a community. Yeah. And when you come to that realization, you can link arms even with competitors and bring your community to a different level. Absolutely. And I know those are some of your plans that you mm-hmm. want to do in the future in a tangible way. But in order to reach that, Coach, what we're going to talk about today is an uncomfortable place. Ooh. So I'm excited. And I think we were actually discussing something, and you said that phrase, and I instantly picked up my phone and put it in there because I knew that was one we needed to tackle. Yeah. Can you describe it? The uncomfortable place. Yeah. So I wrote down some notes here. Okay. So when you think about uncomfortable places, um, the first thing that comes to my mind is that it's going to be related to areas where growth is required. Okay. Both within the individual and in the community. And there tends to be themes around what we call the uncomfortable places. They tend to show up in areas of our lives and they're cyclical. Hmm. So um, if you were to look at it from an employer, let's just say for instance, the employer is struggling to maintain employees and we're not talking about uh, a pandemic um, experience, but just in general, you know, you're having a problem with turnover. You can't keep employees or they don't perform at the highest level that they're capable of. And so the owner of that establishment is like, well, what's going on here? Mm -hmm. Well, 
you hire consultants, they come in, they, they help you, they tell you you need to do X, Y, and Z. That'd be so, me, coach. Okay, They'd absolutely. Yeah. And so, and then you realize that business owner has now called you back to their business four or five times. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, you don't mind returning there because, you know, that's your service, that's right? That's what I do, yeah. Exactly. But the theme is there's something that's going on if you're constantly requiring a consultant to help you to work out something that now really is pointing back to you. Absolutely. So the uncomfortable place in that example then would be the individual. What is it about you that's affecting the dynamic of your workplace, the people that you hire, the people who start off with every intent to be the absolute best employee they can, Mm -hmm. but they wind up reminding you of someone that either left your business or you had to let go. And you can see it on their faces. Exactly. You know, when you walk into a place, You don't want it to be the motor vehicle division. Exactly. (laughs) No one wants to be there. (laughs) Exactly. And you can. You can see uh, on their faces the stress or Mm -hmm. maybe the discontent. Mm -hmm. And and so you're saying that, you know, if you have, just in this example, a high turnover and, you know, situations going on where you have to keep getting help for that problem, that now it might be time to actually look at not the employees but yourself absolutely and this is a business example you know you could apply that to let's say the community Mm -hmm. so when you hear someone say i'm having a problem with the chamber Mm -hmm. well why are you having a problem with the chamber Mm -hmm. well for a new person like myself my ears to the ground mouth closed right Mm -hmm. and so you start to hear themes right and when you hear themes before you realize it, those themes now impact members of your community. People don't want to support your chamber, or they sign up or they leave. Well, why is this happening? We don't want people to have a negative concept about agencies that should be helping the community. And if that's a theme, we need to be able to say, well, What's going on with that? What can we correct? How can we support the community at such a level so that everybody feels what we are attempting to do? And again, the entire community is uplifted through this particular agency. Again, that's another example. But then we get into personal things, relationships, you know, meeting the same man or the same woman, having the same outcomes. And then after a while, the net effect of those places, what we call the uncomfortable places, is that now the will of the individual starts to lack. The will in your community starts to lack. Mm -hmm. Things start to break down. Businesses start to close. Productivity um, is nearly grinding to a halt. Mm -hmm. No growth in business. Unhappy relationships rise in what we call disruptive behaviors just yeah. across the landscape of your community, families, and the individual. And those things occur when we are not able to address those issues that keep us in those cycles. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about the uncomfortable place, this is a place of a intense examination. But it's also the place where the individual the collective, the community, the organizations 
have the greatest power to change those circumstances once and for all and for good. And again, we heal the individual, we heal the family. We heal the family, we heal the community. Right. And the same thing with business. I think that, you know, a couple thoughts that come to my mind as you're talking, so to, to make sure I'm understanding what you're saying is that the uncomfortable place is where you're confronted with repetitive things that keep happening, repetitive yeah. outcomes. Yes, ma'am. And no matter the help you get, I mean, it could be a book, it could be seminar, it could be masterminds, it could be coaches, like, you know, things that we offer, right? Yeah. And one of the things we stress is there are, you know, principles in place that are universal mm-hmm. that will produce change, but it requires you to get into that uncomfortable place, find out, you know, what's going on there. Exactly. Okay, so people, let's let's take it for the chamber because I'm a board member. You know, okay. I hear I hear things. So <laughs> let's take it there. One of the first responses that I see, there's actually two, mm-hmm. is uh, dismissal of the complaints because a lot of times when we get complaints or we get specific situations, we will dismiss them as being our fault because. You know, it's like, well, maybe if you were more involved in the chamber, you wouldn't feel the way you do. We offer lots of benefits. We offer lots of uh, education and things that could help your business, and Mm -hmm. you don't come to any of those. And there is a validity Mm -hmm. to that to a degree. But then you get, there's two complaints I can think of, and I'm not going to say them out loud because I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but there's two specific complaints that actually do need to be centered around um, the individuals making decisions within the chamber, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Those, again, are either dismissed or the second response I see in any realm, whether it's chamber, business, personally, mm-hmm. is we then look to blame others. Mm-hmm. Those, to me, the blaming others and the dismissal are deflecting so that you don't have to look at yourself and go to that uncomfortable place or make the effort that's required for change. What do you say to that, Coach? I would agree. Once we get to the point of blame, uh, which is another way of saying, um, I don't have to accept responsibility for that because there's ways to dismiss Mm -hmm. your argument, your complaint. Mm -hmm. But once we get to the point where blame occurs, there is no growth there is just a pattern that's about to repeat itself. Okay. And so how do you know if a pattern is repeating itself? If you're hearing something today that you heard five years ago, you got a pattern. Mm. And when you have that happening, then you know you can see the effects of it in your community. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, so I've said this before. It's like I've never met a person that could stay depressed for an entire year for a whole month even. And this is excluding, you know, some grief or tragedy, tragedy, you know, yeah. like, you know, loss of life or something like that. But just general, the person that says, oh, I got dysthymic, dysthymic disorder, which is low-grade depression, okay. right? Okay, well, in order for you to stay in a depressed state, you have to continue to fuel the thoughts that keep you in that place. Right. Well, what we're just saying here then, if there is an issue that we brought up five years ago and it's still 
alive and present today in our community, we're still in that sta- same state. Yeah. Blaming doesn't change any of that. Yeah. So we have to say, we have to stop this. We have to address whatever that concern is, mm-hmm. or our community doesn't change, and we already know what our future looks like then. You don't have to be wise to know that if you haven't addressed an issue that was present five years ago that's still here today, mm-hmm. it'll be here five years from now. Mm-hmm. And everything that we see then um, around us in our environment is going to be a reflection of that. Okay, now I can think of, you know, uh, just to you know, push a little bit on this blame thing because I think that's a very, it's a knee-jerk response. Mm-hmm. It's the first response people go to, mm-hmm. blame or dismissal. Okay, you do have other people involved mm-hmm. that can sometimes prevent you from doing the things you would like to do. This is true. Is that a legitimate cause for blame? Well, not exactly. Okay. <laughs> because even though there is obstacle, I mean, look, a seed has to struggle to break the surface before it can become a mighty oak tree right. or an apple tree yeah. or cottonwood, right? Yeah. So there's always some struggle, some resistance. Um, but when you get to the point where you can clearly see that somebody is trying to stop something from occurring, mm-hmm. then there's other pathways to to explore to get a different outcome. Okay. So we always want to continue to explore ways in which we can change certain outcomes. And we don't have to be blaming at this point because if it's me or if it's you, let's say, and you know we want to address an issue, then we know we have to stick with that issue until we get some resolution. And if we get to a point where somebody's saying, well, you know what, this is my call, and this is what my decision is, once we've reached that point, then it's like, okay, fine. Mm -hmm. But I've done everything I could do. You've done everything you could do at that point. Once we reach that decision now, we don't have to worry about blaming because the other individual now has to face the reality that they are a primary cause for whatever is not being advanced, in this case here at the community level. So it's almost like And what I hear you saying is you recognize obstacles, Mm -hmm. whether they're intangibles, tangibles, people, not people. Yet, instead of going into a place of blame, you instead look at how can I make this happen, even if it means apart from a person that should be coming alongside or in spite of obstacles that you can't change absolutely okay before we go into the uncomfortable place and shut the door of what that looks like okay the other thought that came to my mind coach is when you take it back to the business aspect and the same thing is being said over and over so if the same thing's being said five years ago today is is still there then obviously something is going on and you need to look at yourself etc etc But here's something I've also noticed when it comes to uh, people that keep saying the same things and they feel like they don't, they're not being heard, is to me part of, how would you say, it's almost like a sign pointing, hey, you need to open this door to the uncomfortable place. Mm -hmm. You need to go inside. Is having the humility to hear from people that maybe you don't have in the esteem you should have in. 
And what I mean by that is often, and certain personality types will really do this, we have people around us, staff members, even little kids, even competitors, uh, people that maybe we would normally dismiss because we don't feel they have the level of influence in our lives uh, that is important to us, and they're all telling us the same thing, but we don't have a humility to recognize that someone's telling us something we need to hear, but we dismiss it because they're not on our level or they don't have our expertise or they work under us, which is an awful mindset to have. What do you say to that? Because I see that happen all the time. Okay, I have to laugh at this one. <laughs> so excuse me. That's fine. LOLs are allowed here, Coach. All right. So, um, I'm just going to use a biblical example. I was about one. to pull out okay. a biblical one, okay. too. <laughs> so, now, we're not saying that this is That's a Christian. That's why we work yeah, very not, good yeah. together, Coach. We're on the same mindset here. Okay, exactly. go ahead. Exactly. So, I'm a guy that can use any information yes. that's, that's um, valid. Right. So, the question is, what happens when people lack humility to hear information from those who they don't? deem as worthy or credible or at a lower level or not on their level right something like that right, right. <clears throat> the first thing that came to my mind when you said that is the um, the stone that was rejected mm -hmm. by the builders mm -hmm. became the chief cornerstone became the chief cornerstone mm -hmm. yeah. so when you think about that the arrogance that makes us assume that we know mm -hmm. is the same thing that leads to the downfall. Right. Right? Right. So if you are not able to get information or learn from anyone, then you are a person that has a cup that's already full. Yeah. And when we have that kind of mentality, then we've already set the stage for the erosion of, let's say, our business, our community, our family mm -hmm. because <clears throat> you can't tell me what to do you don't have enough money you're not at that level you don't have the education you're not you don't have any of the let's say characteristics that I should listen to and yet that type of thinking has always been at the center of the downfall of every major civilization yes. some of the best relationships some of the most powerful corporate giants or some of the best rock bands right yeah. I mean if you think about that you know it's like hey why did this band split up they had a difference of opinion yes. right somebody couldn't hear the other person because somebody's pride was in the way Ego. I know better than you mm -hmm. and so yes it does happen um, but it has to stop because it does not only does it lead to downfall but heartache loss of revenue mm -hmm. loss of business loss of family I, uh, I had a, another um, thought in mind as far as, you know, biblical, and again, this is for anybody of any faith. We're not trying to make this you know, necessarily a, a Christian-labeled podcast by any means. But yeah. just to bring up, um, you know, I, and we've talked about this, where you have, you know, King Josiah, mm -hmm. one of the most successful kings, mm -hmm. uh, restoring their traditions, their, um, their rituals of worship, etc., uh, led, I guess you would call it a revival in his day. Mm -hmm. And when he made a treaty with Assyria, and he goes out like any good treaty person and you know to fight with Assyria, a pagan in their mind ruler named Pharaoh Nico mm -hmm. went to him 
which I thought was interesting. He didn't have to. Mm -hmm. He went to him and said, hey, your God told me to fight the Assyrians. That's a very interesting idea there. Mm -hmm. And he used the the holy name of God, Yahweh. Mm -hmm. And... Josiah didn't recognize the warning from the Lord because it came through a package that to him couldn't hear God. That's right. And I'm not saying being, you know, being like an open where you just take any idea and thought and and things like that. But what I am saying is the ability to hear from people that maybe you don't esteem is crucial as a, a way to get you in that uncomfortable place to produce a change that you actually desire. My son, his little voice when he was a child made me a better person because I would pause and listen to what he was telling me. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't matter if they're staff. It doesn't matter if it's a child. It doesn't matter if it's someone that maybe you don't esteem in the community. Wisdom is a voice and you need to pause and hear it no matter the package. Wow. So as you say that, I'm, I'm thinking right now that whenever you look across the broad spectrum of interaction, mm-hmm. what single individual knows everything Right. that has all the answers? Mm-hmm. I mean, the truth is no one mind is complete on itself. Mm-hmm. So that's why we have to have others. So when you think about the real principle behind the mastermind, we are not talking about just a group of people. We're talking about a particular group of people. Yeah. We're talking about a group of people who come together with the sole purpose of creating something good, something lasting, something tangible. But in within that group, you have many different thoughts and abilities and talents and they can come from all manner of people Mm -hmm. and those who listen who make a habit of listening to all of those voices are going to be the ones that make the best decisions yeah you know as opposed to just assuming that it's like well that person doesn't know who he's talking about Mm -hmm. well there are some people that don't care about garbage men until they don't show up at your place for about a week. <laughs> and then you're on the phone to the city, right? Because you don't want to smell your refuse in your backyard, yes. right? Yes. So it's like we have to move away from the type of thinking that says, I can't hear you because I don't esteem you mm-hmm. high enough. Yeah. You know? And do you think sometimes, because you know what, I think we're, what we're gonna have to do coach because this is such to me an important topic we're probably gonna need to a part two. Oh yeah because we we like to keep these a certain you know length but also uh, I want to just continue on this line of thought because this is kind of a surprise we have our Mm -hmm. plan of the uncomfortable place but uh, you cannot get there if you just keep dismissing and blaming others one of the things I see all the time in business coach, and even in you know a city, you can develop a loyalty to your vision, you can develop a loyalty to your city, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. Where it actually deafens you to constructive criticism. Right. You have employees that feel powerless because they keep saying the same things. Right. And it's amazing how we get in our lane, how we get into uh, what we think our role is. And then when people are saying, hey, this would really help me do my job better, and then it's instantly dismissed. And a lot of times without bad intention or people even realizing what they're doing. But when you have uh, just staff members that keep saying, 
you know, or you can tell by their body language that they're not happy. And then when they finally, you know, give an oppor- they're given an opportunity, they're, they, they're not listened to. They're dismissed. At least give them a reason. And so here's a, an example that happened to me uh, last month. Great uh, manager, great manager. His heart is better communication in his, you know, with, uh, especially among his other, you know, managers. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting in this room with them, great people, and I'm spotting body language. I'm, you know, I'm seeing it all. I'm mm-hmm. seeing where the problem areas mm-hmm. are. I, again, Yoda, Gandalf with yep. your coach, right? There you go. Uh, I, I'm watching all of this stuff, and I'm hearing them say, I want relationship. I want us all to eat every once in a while together. I want us to get to know each other better. And they're they're using specific examples where that's happening in little pockets of the leadership, mm-hmm. and it's producing positive change, okay? Mm-hmm. Then the top guy says, you know, I can uh, work with and respect and have an exchange with this person. We may never eat together. We may never have a steak together at each other's house, but we can blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting there, actually standing there, and I'm looking at him, and I'm like, you know, pardon my French, where, where in the hell have you been the last <laughs> seven hours? They just told you what they want, mm-hmm. and you just said that will never happen. And uh, so we had a, a meeting uh, afterwards, and I told him, I said, you may not realize what you just did, but this is what happened, and you didn't see the faces, but I did. And he said, I didn't even realize I did that. Yeah. There's a carefulness in hearing, isn't there? Yes, it is. Yeah, so <clears throat> to me, listening and hearing are two different. Five minutes, Coach, R- oh. R2-D2. Okay, there we go. Listening and hearing are two different things. Yes. You know, one is just a physiological process of air passing over your eardrum. Right. Right? And you hear it. We call that sound. Yeah. Listening is an application of the thinking process. Mm -hmm. So when somebody is talking to us and we are listening to that person, now we're connecting with them on a mental plane. And if we're not listening to that person, then we're just hearing them. Mm-hmm. And when we're just hearing another person that's speaking to us, that's when we miss all the communication. That's when we miss the body language that you were just talking about yeah. in that example. And when you are in that place, that's when you realize that that employee now is going out the door and now they're working with your competitor. And all of a sudden, your competitor's business is excelling when yours isn't. And you're not really sure why, because you said, well, I hear my employees all the time. You do, Mm -hmm. but you don't listen to them. You can hear about agendas, and again, loyalty to your your vision, um, what you've been assigned to do, loyalty to even your community. Like a lot of people, as far as Clovis, you know, they especially our military, you know, they get that assignment here because we get them back and forth from Florida, and you know, Florida is a beautiful state. We're not. Uh, in our area, we're plains. It's you know, uh, water is limited. You have to travel to actually find things to do. And you know, used to that would really irritate me because I'm like, give us a chance. And I think that is important. Mm-hmm. Give Clovis a chance. But my loyalty to my city because I've had nothing but good things blinded me to what people were saying. We we come into town. We walk, go down uh, Main Street. There's trash. Well, that's an easy fix. Mm-hmm. It's an easy fix. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, things that are the school systems, you know, and so we've got people working on that, but used to, I would, I don't want, you know, I don't want to hear that. And then all of a sudden I realized you better hear it. Or all of a sudden the United States is going to shut down that base there, you know? And so a lot of times we only hear because we're blinded and deafened to our own agenda, our own perceptions, and we're not open to what people are telling us, right? Yeah. So you have pain points, you have desire. Mm-hmm. If you can hear people's desire and you tap into that and solve and give them what they want, that is more powerful than just addressing pain points. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so I want to finish up, Coach, with a couple questions okay. that people can maybe ask themselves or that they may be asking. Because the, the where truth meets BS is you need to quit dismissing and you need to quit blaming others when people come to you with legitimate concerns. And don't say, well, it's only legitimate if I agree. That's not the case. Right. What makes it legitimate is if you keep hearing the same thing, right. something's happening, right? That's right. So what are a couple things we can do, Coach, to actually listen versus just hearing? Well, I think the first thing you have to do is just really make sure that you're prepared to listen. Mm, that's and good. that's something that takes place before you ever... Um, engage with anybody prepare yourself to listen when we prepare ourselves to listen we're going to benefit from it and so is everybody else how's a way to prepare well so again we're talking about something that's highly individualized here but I would say just make that a priority in your mind so you know based on the type of work you do let's say if you're in a position of leadership you know you you set an agenda for yourself when i go into work this day i'm going to make sure i'm going to make it an effort to listen to my employees to my staff to my team so i can understand what the real needs are um, in my workplace in my business and that may take a while to create that culture especially if there's been a culture of shutdown because you're dealing with people's livelihood and they have to know they can trust you to tell you what they see because if you retaliate if you give them the cold shoulder all of a sudden you're letting them go right. they're gonna think it's because they finally spoke up and right. you didn't like what they said yeah so then the next thing that goes along with preparing yourself to listen then is also fostering the courage that it requires of you mm-hmm. to be able to do just that yeah right because sometimes when you're listening you're going to hear something that says hey you need to change yeah and one of the things you may need to change is the idea that you have to be the smartest person in your room in yes. your organization right yes. um, those people that you had hi- that you hire um, they're pretty smart too yeah you know that uh, I I don't need I used to I don't need to be the smartest person in the room I want to hear what others say because I know I'm smart yeah I don't need validation I don't need anybody to tell me that uh, and but the 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 trick to that is I didn't always think that mm-hmm. and I'd walk in a room with all these smart people and these successful people and man I'd feel it even like I would say as, as soon as go as four or five years ago and I, I had imposter syndrome and I'm like man you know I'm just not at this level I'm just you know and I would feel that and then I thought oh you know what I may not be but I'm gonna learn and I would just put my ear to the ground and I would listen to all the things they would say and talk about. And I'm like, why well, do that? Why? Yeah, that, oh, well, maybe I'm not as dumb as I thought I was, you know? <laughs> but it, it did, it required a humility 
and um, and to listen to those uh, around you. You know, one thing that I think might be good is ask yourself where you feel resistance in the conversation. Because yes. typically where you feel resistance is they're, now they're touching on an uncomfortable spot. Exactly. That you can then, okay, I, I'm feeling resistance to what they're saying in this particular area. That might be an ego response. Write it down and revisit. What do you think about that, Coach? Absolutely. I agree 100% because the minute you're triggered by something that's telling you right away, it's like, hey, you got some work to do. You just touched on an uncomfortable place. Now, what do you need to do to be able to move beyond that? And I think that's what we're talking about. It's like you have to have endurance Mm -hmm. to have endurance, if that makes sense. (laughs) And so when we start anything, um, we shouldn't expect to be great at it right away. So we have to practice, right? We have to practice. We practice listening. We practice funding courage. You know, we practice being open. And then over time, the other people around us, they see that we're doing that as real, as consistent. And all of a sudden, we start to have change in our workplace, change in our homes, and of course, change in our communities. Final question. I would say that people might want to ask themselves is literally get out a pen, get out a piece of paper, maybe label, you know, I want to get too much in the how, but I'm thinking home life, relationships, business, whatever it is, and start writing down the repetitive things people keep telling you that's making them unhappy. Yes, absolutely. I'm a big fan of paper and pen learning Mm -hmm. Um, I mean for a number of reasons but I'll just say this if you're willing to take the time to put something on paper then you're well on your way to making the kind of change that you're serious yeah you are serious anything that you try to hold in your head is just going to be overcome by the momentum of past habits yeah so absolutely I agree write it down And when you do write it down, take a look at it and then ask yourself, it's like, am I willing to make this change? Because if you are, your life is instantly improved. And you may have to be an investigator and go deeper, go back to those people. What do you mean by that? Absolutely. Give me examples. Absolutely. Show me where I'm doing that. Absolutely. And if they're willing to do that, they're likely to get an answer before they even have that conversation with that person. Yep. (laughs) All right, Coach, so what I think we're going to need to do is in this one, and then we're going to dive into the uncomfortable place. Yes, like you're swimming so. around in sharks, huh? That's like right. You've done that, right? That's exactly right. I'm sure right. you were a little bit uncomfortable <laughs> at times. So we're going to... Scared. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to dive into that in uh, part two. All right.